got a new necklace today at Macy's. Nice. I do well at Nordstrom Rack for things like that. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I like but a online. Good, I like a good sale. Yeah. I no. don't do Macy's. I don't know why I don't do Macy's. I do Macy's because they have a credit card. Oh, okay. Yeah. They have a credit card and it's easy to use and, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm a homosexual, so <laughs> I don't know that Macy's and sexuality have anything going on. Have you ever been to the uh, perfume counters? <laughs> My God, it's all gays. I think that's every department store. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is, that's not a Macy's exclusive. That is very true. Yeah. I've known Caitlin for, um, uh, for I think, at least 10, maybe longer, 10 years, maybe longer, uh, she's an absolutely wonderful soul. She's adorable. Uh, she just had a special album drop. It's called Erotic Associate. I love that you said it correctly. Yes. And you can catch it on Amazon Prime. All the platforms. All the platforms. It's free. Spotify. Spotify. Bandcamp. Whatever okay. you. What, Apple Music. You look great. Oh, really? Yeah, you look great. I do Botox. Shut up. Do you really? I'm old. We've talked about this. You probably don't remember, but... People always ask me my age, and I tell them an age. Oh. I tell them an age. An age. <laughs> I don't tell them my age, but I tell them an age. Okay, 32. There you go. <laughs> Listen, I just realized that I actually never... Did I say your name, or did I just say what you did? You just did? said what I did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, the queer who shall not be named. Yeah, the queer who shall not be named, but (laughs) I'm going to name them right now. Uh, I'm so excited to have Caitlin Reese on the podcast, everybody. Yay! Um, No, Caitlin and I have known each other for a very long time. We've done a lot of shows at QED, we've done shows uh, around the city. and In the uh, lockdown in parks. Yeah. Sad times. Oh, my gosh. We're, I think you did uh, the one in Brooklyn where it was like outdoors and it was Calvin yes. Cato's show. Yes. Yeah. It was during the pandemic and it was... I was had it a cold date. or was it hot? It was cold and I had a date there. Oh, that's right. You brought a date. I bring a lot of dates to comedy. When it was just 100% stand-up every single night without question, if I want to get laid, you got to come to a show. It's not that I want to bring people to shows. And I've had so many people make fun of me. Like I've been at comics birthday parties and bars with the first date. And they're like, this is the first date and you brought him here or her here. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> I love that you're like multitasking. Oh my! You're like, we're going to go. We're going to say hi and happy birthday to a comic. We're going to go get dinner and then we're going to bang. <laughs> Barry, like it's got to be quick. That's, I'm very much a Capricorn. I'm like, there is a time for everything. Okay, you're gonna and it have is to, when I'm done with other things. <laughs> you're going to have to give me a little bit of a background. What are some of the characteristics of a Capricorn? We're goats. We're very hardworking. Okay. We tend to be like very intense, very serious. I will say this. So when I was a social worker, um, I was usually I went into administration. A lot of leaders, a lot of people in leadership tend to be Capricorns. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, when is the birthday? January sixteenth. Sometimes it's late December. Sometimes it's early January. Oh, that's so weird. So my aunt, 
was January 22nd. Okay. She, that's a... Could be Aquarius. Yeah, I think she was an Aquarius. Okay. I don't know the signs. I, I just know that my boyfriend, my mother, and my stepfather are all cancers. Ooh, all my exes are cancers. Really? And teachers. Oh, wow. Are any of those people teachers or no. were teachers? My mother was a teacher. Okay, there we go. Cancers are drawn to teaching. Also, very sensitive sign. Really? Usually. They're also very like home oriented. I feel like I tend to date oh, people. Oh God, yeah. I'm not a loud person. I date people quieter than me at home all the time. My right? boyfriend is always home. He likes. He's like. He's a homebody. Cancer. Yeah. 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 They, he's a homebody. They are. They are. He's a homebody, and that you know what? That's fine. I don't. I, I'm glad he's home. It's kind of you know? nice because then, like, you love to be out and do your thing, and then like you have this very stable, grounded person at home. Yeah. Yeah. Stable, I guess. Okay, maybe not. Yeah. But no, I'm kidding. Here's the thing: <laughs> I don't care about astrology, but if you want to have sex with queer woman, you have to know astrology. It's like, oh yeah, it's no, currency. Is it? Oh my god! If you don't know your, if you don't know your rising sign. Your moon sign, your sun sign, and un have a basic understanding of the other signs, you're dead in the water on dates. I mean, I guess. Well, you're not fucking queer woman, so you wouldn't know I'm this. I'm not a queer woman. <laughs> it's obsessive. You have to have some working knowledge. To say you're not is like saying you voted for Trump and you're a lesbian. Really? Yes. It's you're, That would be a very bizarre person. When was your first gay experience? Well, I came out at 15. Really? But I was like asexual in high school. I had a lot of issues. So I didn't start having sex or dating anyone until college. And then I made out with some woman during my college years. But I didn't have my first serious girlfriend. Well, my first partner was trans. Okay. And we were together 10 years. And so we, wow. met, we met right out of college. So I don't know. I was 20. What was I? 20. Now, trans as in male to female or female to male? Male to female. Okay. Yeah. I'm just listening. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just stopped for a second. Well, here's the thing. It's actually a complicated story. You I was like, at, I'm just you listening. At, you looked at me like, what? So you can hear some jokes about this on my album. Uh, not at their expense, but it was an interesting journey over the time we were together. Because when we met, they were a bisexual man who was questioning yeah then they transitioned then they detransitioned and the we were together 10 years wow yeah. they transitioned and then they detransitioned mm -hmm. so like over the course of 10 years we had different pronouns different looks different there was just so much gender dysphoria wow yeah and that was like your what would, that was like was my your... formative. That's like my formative relationship because I was like my entire twenties. You literally went through the spectrum. Yes, like you're like <laughs> in one person. You went through the entire <laughs> LGBTQ <laughs> plus. I was like, let's get this shit over with. You went through the entire acronym <laughs> in one relationship. I really did. You you really did. I actually. really did. Oh my god. Yeah, it was it was wild, and uh, they were a high school English teacher, cancer, and yeah, like we went from like uh, wishing they could wear my clothes to wearing my clothes, <laughs> and then going back to wearing men's clothing. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, she has a bunch of those. Uh, she has she has a bunch of jokes on that topic, 
remember, on her uh, comedy album out now called Erotic Associates. Yes. So make sure you check those out. Yeah. But that's interesting. That was your first gay experience. Yeah. But then I, after that relationship, I think it was so hard being with someone who was always changing the script on gen on gender that it was yeah. just it was just hard and You're so like, okay i dated only woman for a, quite a long time and that's just unde- you know that's understandable yeah that is understandable i mean I, really I don't I, I don't get it but i guess that's understandable <laughs> it was really stand-up that broke me to dating men really yeah because this is like my only social circle i like didn't i would like go out to a gay bar after shows and just like I didn't have time when I first moved here to like make true queer community. That's something I'm more intentional about now. Um, You know what's so funny? As I get older, I've actually moved away, no offense, from the queer community towards a more just heterosexual and not necessarily men, but just women in general. Do you think that's because of comedy though? Because you spend so much time in these comedy communities that like... I'm not usually with queer folks. Yes, but also I don't fit into uh, queer communities. Okay. I don't, me, I don't fit into the gay community really because I don't watch, like I don't watch, like I never went to the bar to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm not a big bar person. I tried sports, gay volleyball. It was awful. (laughs) I loved the sport. (laughs) Gays are awful when it comes to competitive sports because for some reason they have this underlining need to perform with this ego when in actuality they're performing in a basically grade school gymnasium (laughs) i feel like that's true of all adults doing intramural sports no not straight no no because i'll tell you this straights are very easy going when it comes to intramural recreational sports when you get really competitive, like I know there's people who get very competitive and that's fine. But like gays who just started volleyball, I don't know if it's true for any other sport, but gays who just started volleyball, after a season of playing volleyball, they will act like they won an Olympic. <laughs> I don't they will, know. They will act like they've won an Olympic medal. And I'm like, Okay. Volleyball for you, is but... a step above Popscotch. It is like so <laughs> cute and quaint. Shut the fuck up. If you're listening to Oscar's podcast and you're doing volleyball, loosen up because you look like you have a loose grip on life playing volleyball. I love volleyball, but it's goofy. It's a goofy sport. <laughs> That's like people I play in a softball league. It's straight. Our team is very fun and goofy, but we play teams that are like, okay, like having hissy fits and like taking it very seriously and i'm like oh you peaked in high school (laughs) honey (laughs) none of this matters i leave softball games oscar and i don't know if we've won or lost yeah because you're there (laughs) to have fun what does that mean though explain that to me you've peaked in high school i don't get that reference oh like i i i feel like when you see older people just like trying to have this comeback like so like gripping it so hard like they want to be the best at this intramural softball league that means nothing to no one that no one is watching it's like oh your best years were in high school you're never getting them back so now you walk around <laughs> like a douchebag at fucking softball with adults and it's like oh god oh, I'm I love so you. sorry that those were your best years that literally <laughs> your best years yeah but yeah that's why I don't really I don't really um 
That's why my favorite people are people who were, they struggled when they were younger and now like they figured out their shit late or they found, like I found my people late in life and I feel like I tend to vibe with people who were misfits when they were younger. I tend to vibe with people who are just very easygoing. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need a lot of drama. I just want, my biggest thing I think, and also this is something that I talk about in therapy is that I just need consistency. Yeah. That's my biggest, biggest thing. I just need consistency. I need you. I don't need to see you every single week. I don't need to see you every other week. But a text message, a call would be nice. Yeah. Right? That's it. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, hey, how are you? I'm good. Good. Great. Thanks. Yeah. You know, yeah, how's yeah, everything? Yeah. Good. A FaceTime is fine. Sure. But, you know, I. What uh, do you think about FaceTiming impromptu? Cool with it? Rude? Uh. I like FaceTiming. I'm so used to it now. I mean, I literally just got my mother onto FaceTiming. Oh, so, my goodness. Oh, it's so cute. She sent me her first selfie ever. Oh, my God. It's adorable. My mother is adorable. You have to... You should be recording this for content. Oh, the, the I know. I know. You know what it is, is... I, you know, my mom and I kind of had this relationship that was very, you know, we, I mean, we loved each other. We would talk maybe once every week, maybe every two weeks, mm -hmm. maybe longer would go by. And then my aunt passed away. And so I think one of the things that taught me is that time with my mother is very valuable. Yeah. And time with a loved one is very valuable. And I made mistakes with my aunt and I love her. And I hope that she has forgiven me for, you know, those. I hope she has. I think she has. But I'm not going to make them with my mother. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not going to make it with my mother. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. But it's nice. We're FaceTiming more. We're texting more. I and I'm doing the same with my dad and cause they don't live here. They live, you know, across, you know, they live overseas. So I don't get to, you know, I'm, it's not like I'm seeing my mother every, you know, every other couple month months. or yeah, a couple yeah. months or whatever. It's like, I see her once a year. Yeah. And that's, you know, as years go on, mm -hmm. you don't get a lot of those. No. So, but, uh, yeah, I'm doing that. That's adorable. Oh, I, would, I would kill to be a fly in the wall with you and your mom FaceTiming. I'm just imagining this amplified. Oh, my God. I'm not as gay. <laughs> I'm not as... I'm not as... Let me tell you something. I have come to the realization that, honestly, I really sound like Linda from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> if Linda had a sassy grandmother, you have a way of talking that it literally sounds like the sassiest grandmother. Yeah. I am the sassiest grandmother you will ever meet. I will be You're I'm like, your a best call, friend. A call would be nice. Yeah, a call would be nice. I will be I will be your best friend, but I'll also be your grandmother. You went on vacation, didn't send me a postcard. You didn't send me a you couldn't send me a fucking postcard. <laughs> Jesus. Uh anyway, all right, so real quick, we're gonna do we're going to do two truths and a lie, mm -hmm. which I love. Uh, why don't you give us two truths and a lie, Caitlin? Okay. Um, 
I failed French. I went to ninja camp and I tried to play the cello. Okay. <laughs> I just realized two of them were failures. <laughs> this is a comedian's brain is like, I don't think about the good things. I'm like, what is something to make fun of myself? <laughs> Let's see. You failed French. Failed French. You uh, went you, to ninja camp. You failed. You failed French. You went to ninja camp, <laughs> and then what Try, was the third one? Tried to play the cello. You tried to play the cello. Okay. I'm gonna say the lie is you failed French. Correct. You went to ninja camp. I did. Okay, please for our <laughs> listeners, explain what is ninja camp so i i was like such a tomboy growing up and it was a rule in my house that you had to play sports like i didn't have a choice and so i just i mean people clocked me as a dyke when i was very little i definitely walked and talked like a little tough raggedy girl i had like a i had a mullet and these like ridiculous outfits i wore anyway so i did karate for quite a bit because i didn't really like a lot of traditional sports yeah and then I went, this is like in some podunk town in Connecticut. The instructors were like, we're going to put on ninja camp in the summers, which was basically like this rinketing community center karate school just took us out into the woods. I just remember my instructors being so drunk <laughs> at night and we would go on ninja hunts where they <laughs> would hide in the woods and we had to, and if they, if we couldn't fight them off using things that we learned doing forms, which is like, where are you? I just remember forms being like these like special like practice blocks and kicks and stuff. So we had to like use proper form and fight them off. And if we didn't, they would literally tie up a kid to a tree. That was a thing we did nightly. In the morning, we threw ninja stars at targets. We did push-ups like in the fields. It was, I can't believe, first of all, I don't think anything was legal that we were doing. <laughs> no. This doesn't sound very legal. This is very much how my parents parented. They didn't. Uh, I was very much a latchkey kid on my own. And so my mom's like, what do you want to do this summer? And I was like, well, they're talking about this karate karate camp. It wasn't karate camp. It was ninja camp. I love latchkey. I think latchkey kids grow up to be some of the smartest kids. Yeah. Well, I definitely had to learn how to be scrappy. Yeah. I can just. You, yeah. you know what the thing is, though, is that being a latchkey kid, you you are, in essence, growing up by yourself. Totally. Yeah. I mean, both my parents worked. Both my parents worked. So when I came home, there was a key under the mat. Mm-hmm. You let yourself in. Mm-hmm. Don't touch any electrical thing except for the TV, make yourself a sandwich from the food in the fridge, sit down, watch TV, do your homework until parents came home. Totally. And then you failed French. Do you speak any French? No, I didn't fail. That was Oh. That was the lie. Oh, so you did. I didn't do well, but I technically passed. <laughs> in fact, my mom was like, I w- we were doing an, a student exchange program. My mom's like, I want you to go to Paris because it was like really affordable to go yeah. with all the other kids. And when I told my teacher, she's like, you, you're going to go to Paris? 
because I could barely speak the language. Oh, and they hate Americans who don't speak the language. Yeah. They would rather you speak a different language than yes. English. Yes. Yeah. So it, I was like, my mom wants me to go and I have the money, so I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> she was so embarrassed. I know. Because she was my teacher and she's like, everyone else can speak French fluently. I don't yeah. know how you're still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We are going to uh, move forward with uh with the pods and I want to know some wild do you have any wild or crazy embarrassing hookup stories most of them okay uh, do you have two yeah okay give me one I this is this there's a joke about this on my album but I hooked up with a female comedian and I will not share who yeah and um, we were just hanging out at their show earlier that night and we go into my bedroom. We're getting undressed. They reach into their pocket. They pull out their set list from the night. They hand it to me and they say, I want you to have this in case I ever get famous one day. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Kanye. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're not famous, P.S. <laughs> and this was like three years Someone ago. Someone did this to you. Yes. Yeah. We were at the same level of comedy at the time. And they were like, with no irony. <laughs> this wasn't like a joke. No, this is narcissism on full display. And have they reached a level of success where you should now frame that and ask for an autograph? No, they were in the newspaper recently for headlining a show that they book. <laughs> Meaning they book themselves. <laughs> wow. Okay. That is... <laughs> Wait. Swear to God. I think this is a true story. Lesbians are crazy. <laughs> lesbian I may just use that for the clip crazy. for for Instagram if I may. <laughs> sure. Okay, great. Cuz that is fucking brilliant. And then they fell out of my bed and I caught them. Why like, did they fall they out drunk. of your bed? They were oh, drunk. We were they both were drunk, drunk, but they were like sloppy drunk. But maybe they maybe they were so drunk that they thought what they were giving you was kind of like a joke or like, oh yeah. <laughs> Just keep this. You never know what will be final. So say, you just say it. No. You just say it. No. And I love you. No. And then I because drunk people always somehow, if they're with you, they will say I love you. They'll say <laughs> I love you to any. Oh yeah, this, this chicken salad is so good. Oh my god, I love you. <laughs> I love you so Oh my God, I love you. Well, listen, I don't know what bitches I'm going out with, but no one tells me they love me when they're drinking. Oh, really? Oh, maybe that's... <laughs> that's an Oscar special. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I, go the, I go to the bodega. I'm all drunk. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I love you. Are you serious? I'm dead wow. serious. Wow. Okay. What's and that's in- not the fir- Okay, so that's the first... That was the first time I caught someone falling out of the bed. And that was a woman. And then this is probably the, the most tragic experience. This is the first time I tried to have sex 
with a straight man, which was, again, we're looking at like just a few years ago. Yeah. Um, Expanding your horizons. So I, I go into the room and there's no pillowcases on the pillows. There's like a lot of other ladies' hairs in the, like clearly evident on the bed because they have like almost no hair. So I know it's not their hair unless their pubes were like really long at one point and they shaved them in bed. Like I'm like, how? Nowadays, you never know. <laughs> Nowadays, you never know. That's not even a thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, oh God, this is a traumatic experience in a way. Uh, <laughs> he can't get hard because he's on antidepressants. Okay. And so he's trying to raw dog me. And I'm like, no, it, you got to do it. But then, like, because he's soft and he's not that big, the condoms just keep rolling off. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> Hysterical. <laughs> but sad. It just kind of looked like little yarmulkes just all around the bed. <laughs> He couldn't unroll any of them. And he kept getting frustrated and throwing them. This is also a comedian, by the way. Caitlin, <laughs> here's a tip. Stop fucking I comedians. I did. Stop fucking comedians. Guess what, guys? Those were my top two worst experiences, and I got them over with. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> It's only been better from there. Has it? It has. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so what happened? So wait. So never never gets hard, but then goes to go down on me. Is not get, like is not touching my genitals. Like is just like <laughs> like getting more like my thigh, and I'm like not making any noise because I'm like uh I don't know where you are right now, but that's not my vagina. Then he goes get on your hands and knees, and I'm thinking like, are you just gonna finger me really hard? Cause like your dick is soft. He just gyrates against me, Oscar, from behind in his limp dick was just touching the, the the back of my thigh. And he said, tell me you've been a bad girl. And I said, I've been a bad girl. And he hit me with a limp dick. And you were not laughing. <laughs> were you drunk? I was drunk. And at the end, were you like, oh my God, I just... <laughs> no. It gets worse. So. <laughs> oh, please. We pan- Go on. We, we pantomime all the sex, right? Yeah. And then he's like, we end up, uh, we end up ending it because of course it's straight sex. So there's no concern for me getting off. Yeah. Um, He's like, why don't you just give me a hand job? And I start doing it, but I'm like very half-heartedly doing it. And he goes, no, I need you to look me into my eyes and tell me that you want me to come. And so I just like, I was not having fun. So I just looked at him like, I want you to come. (laughs) And by the way, he's making this face while I'm doing it. And this was a comic. (laughs) Which should be no surprise. Oh, yeah. No surprise at all. (laughs) No surprise that a but I straight also, male comic is like, he also oh, look me in my eyes. Dead, he was dead sober. He also started to slightly topple out of the bed just due to being awkward. And I picked him up wheelbarrow style. Like I got under, like this is his legs coming out. I like picked him up and like moved him into another position. <laughs> it 
was horrible. I would love to have had a nanny cam in your apartment. <laughs> and then like, here's, that would have been amazing. And then I go to go to the bathroom when it was over, and I realized that he never shut the door behind us, and another comedian that he lived with was in the living room the whole time hearing whatever that weird-ass thing was. Wait, here's the killer. When he does come... He comes onto his own tits when I finished him and he goes, oh, this must be what it feels like for a woman. <laughs> I'm like, is this your feminist moment? You're like, oh, this is what it feels like to have come on your tits. <laughs> oh, my God. Caitlin, I have to know who it was. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> Now, that is very interesting. <laughs> Holy shit. And then he ghosted me. Are which you is serious? the greatest insult of all. I am so glad that you came on the podcast today. Yeah, I so absolutely love you. Uh, please check out Caitlin Reese's comedy album, Erotic Associate, on all streaming platforms. Yes. Where can people find you? Um, I feel like I'm mostly on Instagram and Twitter, although Twitter is a dying form. Yeah. Um, I'm very much that kind of comedian though. Okay. So like Twitter was always, Twitter used to be my hotspot, but now that Elon Musk has ruined the party for yeah. us nerds, um, Everybody. I'm, I guess I'm more on Instagram. So yeah, follow me on Instagram at the Caitlin Reese. I've been posting. R-E-E-S-E. Yes. I've been posting clips from my album video. Good. Um, yeah, it's been really fun. Good. Yeah. I love it. I'm so glad you were here. Check her out. Uh, have an absolutely wonderful week, everybody. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Bye, girl. Bye. Bye. Bye.